afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the producer's chair, as always, is Mr. Kyle Dotson. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's up? Not too much. You watched Into the Woods last night. I did. I hated it. You did not care for no. it at all. <laughs> no, I did not. I don't know why you didn't like it. You think I liked it because I took because we went with the kids on Christmas Day, and it was like an event, and that's why we liked it? Maybe. You didn't and like anything about no, it. That would have ruined Christmas for me if I'd have gone. <laughs> you didn't like none of the performances for you were good. No, I I would have liked it a lot better had there not been singing in it, which is weird because I knew it was it's a musical. musical. That is very strange. You had that weird like talk. That's singing. like saying you know I would have liked Die Hard better had there been singing. <laughs> no, no, it was just like I don't know. They had that stupid talk singing when they're like, now we're getting bread, now we're over here. This is like it weren't like songs. Do you like David Gates and bread? I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, before we uh, before we introduce our guest, uh, the uh, the gentleman who is doing our um, our Facebook artwork for this episode that we're recording right now, he's one of the new uh, the new artists. His name is Phil DeFore, and Phil has sent me a digital download code to give away. And this is this is pretty this is a pretty major thing. This is a very generous. It's very generous. Uh, for Christmas, Phil got the Bruce Springsteen, the album collection, volume one vinyl set, and it comes with a digital download. So that's basically a download for the first, I think, eight Springsteen albums from Asbury Park through Born in the USA. So I have the download code. So I'm going to ask a question. And you know what? I'm just going to say the first, this way, that way a real listener is going to win this because the first person who sends me the answer to this question is, is going to win it. And I want you to send it. We have a brand new email address. Kyle, what is our email address? Rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com. The first person to give me the answer to this question. I want to know the two non LP B sides that were released from the river album. Oh, no, no, no. Put your hand down. Our guest is trying to answer, but he cannot. I'm not going to let him. So, okay. So it's, it's, it, that's, it's that simple. The first person to give me that to, answer. And to email. And to email me at, uh, at. The correct answer. The correct answer. <laughs> yes. And then immediately I will send you the download code and I will tell you exactly where to get uh, these albums. And the, uh, I got the box set and the, the sound, the remastered sound on these eight albums is incredible. I bet the warmth on vinyl, though, is just way better. Well, the warmth of vinyl is always the best, Kyle. That's, we can all agree on that. Okay, so now we're going to introduce our guest. He's returning. Last time he was here, we discussed nothing but the music of Neil Diamond. And today, uh, we're going to do um, much that same thing. Uh, here he is, uh, David Wilde. David, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing? I am doing good. You're looking good. That's what I do professionally. <laughs> Male model slash writer. Do you, uh, it's 2015 now. Do you have any, any resolutions? Do you make resolutions? Uh, I, I made no resolution. No resolutions. Uh, I had an ongoing resolution from last year that I will continue to live with, but I will not share that. I will share anything but that. All right. You're not going to tell us what it is. Well, actually, it involves partly walking. Okay. I, just, I, I, I've, been averaging 20,000 steps for like four or five months. And before that, I started at 10 and then I mm -hmm. stepped it up. So my 
I guess my goal is to keep walking. Keep walking. And how, many, uh, how long does it take you to get 20,000 steps in? I don't know because I measure my life in steps, not in time. I don't live in your with your clock, Pat Francis. I don't, I don't but, limit myself in that way. But I mean, so but what I is mean, time? So you okay? So you go out and you, you obviously have something that measures this. Yeah, like I'm wearing the Nike. A Fitbit. I have a Fitbit. You have the Fitbit. I yeah. have the Nike Fuel Band. Yeah. So do you just go out into zero steps and you just start walking until it's twenty thousand, then you go home? I never look at it when it's zero steps, but I'm going to assume. I've, I've looked at it when it's five. Okay. I never, you know, by the time I look at it, I'm usually up. You've got a couple. Yeah. Going somewhere. Uh, yeah. No, in fact. Uh, well, like how many albums do you listen to? How many songs do you listen podcast. to? Podcast. I listen to you. Oh, oh, okay. I listen to oh, Corolla. Fantastic. I, and the great thing about a pod, I mean, one of the great things about a podcast is that it basically gets you 10,000 steps. Wow. Which is like, you know, I like to, I don't like to start my day until I have 10,000. I won't start my work day now. Until I get ten thousand steps, and that's basically a good podcast. Well, that's amazing because I know how I know how long it t- it takes a while to get ten thousand steps, and if you're going for twenty, that's amazing. Well, yeah, thank you. It is. I am an amazing man. <laughs> uh, before we started, I was actually very last night. I was doing this event which we were discussing, which was involved like yeah, because uh, you tweeted a picture of Bill Clinton, and immediately I'm like, well, that's that's insane to me. Well, it wasn't George Clinton. It was cool. That's it was, true. It, it was That's true. It was one of the other members from Parliament <laughs> Funkadelic. Uh, but no, the, but the actual thing was there was a little Secret Service uh, detail that sort of crimped my style. So I like to like walk when I'm backstage at one of these shows. I like to generally I, I do a lot of events in arenas, mm-hmm. so they're fantastic because I could just in any downtime I can walk around an arena and get a lot of steps and enjoy it. Like in other words, during a if a band's going to sound check, you could listen. If you take eight, ten minutes while they're doing yeah. a song twice and you walk around, you can get some steps. But when secrets, when you're crowded into the montage hotel backstage and the president is there, the Secret Service were really cramping my walking style. <laughs> so I had to, I literally, in fact, I didn't know. Oh, I got 25,000 last night, uh, yesterday. All right, we don't yesterday. need to brag. We don't uh, need that. I didn't fucking bring it up. <laughs> All right. Enough. enough. But enough of my. Let's just go. Let's get winging it. I'm gonna. Tr- <laughs> Can we call it winging it? I hot gonna, wings. Hot wings. I. I we're gonna call wild about wings. Okay, if you want, not hot wings with David Wild, <laughs> which sounds more exciting and for people who like. That is add that, some buffalo sauce. I do like that. Although, actually, Linda would friggin' hate that. I mean, I I toured with her, and there yeah, was, they, believe they, me, there were like, no buffalo wings. Around. No, they, there's they're vegan wings. There were vegan meatless. Wings. Yes, I I went through Argentina with them. So the capital mm-hmm. of beef, I was eating the catering of uh, Paul and Linda, which was great. Did you sneak out and have a steak? I never did. Uh, I, no, I did not. I bet I, their I bet their vegetarian food is amazing, though. Anything that it was really good. She actually had a line. She she was like selling it at the time, uh, but she was. She's that I think we dis- may have even discussed this, but uh, yeah, she's part of the reason I married my wife, right? And so I, I love Linda, and that'll come up in my wings uh songs. And I get uh, I get uh, I do get a little sad when I see pictures of them together because that is a true love story, a hundred percent. That was one of the most real love stories you ever saw, and yeah, and uh, you know, I think it was like uh, I mean, the things she said to me, which I'll never forget, was she goes, you know. Do you think I know something about marriage? And I'd been on the road with them for a few weeks by then. I went, yeah. I went, yeah, yeah, actually you do. And like having come from a broken home, mm-hmm. I hadn't been around that many people yeah. who had a good marriage. And being in show business, or at least being show business adjacent, nobody has a good marriage. Yeah, there's not a lot of that going around. Yeah. And they really did. And 
part of it was she she worshipped him and and you know mm-hmm. he worshipped him and he worshipped her yeah uh, but uh, and he was great and they were great parents but she also just she you know until he went to prison I think the story was they hadn't spent a night apart yeah like she and. And for the people who gave her shit for being in wings and that sort of stuff, yeah. I think it was like the most functional thing I've ever mm. seen. That was a great love story. And she was so... And like these people, they're still like old hippies who want to blame the yeah. women for the Beatles breaking right, up. Like, right, It's Which is crazy. Yeah. It's like blame the... You know, just because you love the Beatles, don't, you can blame them. They, yeah. they were the ones who, you know, started yeah, fighting. There's four egos. Yeah. Um, the... Um, and and a talented photographer in her own right. So it's just it wasn't like she was just like the wife of Paul McCartney. She she had done stuff. She was she was a talent. I mean, she was ahead of yeah. curve in so many ways, and she was a talented, beautiful person, kind. Like she took my. Here's how a great photographer she was. She took my author's photo without me knowing it. I was backstage oh, nice. in somewhere in Denver. I think mm-hmm. she. I was standing backstage, and she took a shot of me. And it's literally the only photograph of me I've ever loved. It's a nude. It is a nude. It's erotically charged. It's it's the only time I will ever be called coquettish. My wife laughs at it when she sees it. It Do you still use it? No, no. I, I used it until... And I didn't... What She sent it to me after I got off the road with her and said... I took this shot of you. If you want to use it, I know you write books. If you want to use it as your author's photo, free. Yeah. Just it's yours. And it, I wouldn't have, except it was great. Yeah. And it was free. So, you know, on it, my Jewish culture, I had to use it. I got to uh, find that photo now and post it when this episode And I up. kept using it. Uh, I kept using it until she passed. And then I just, I couldn't, uh, it was too sad to do it. Plus, I got too ugly. <laughs> yeah, she took the cover photo for one of my favorite Pretenders albums, Viva El Amor. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool with Chrissy has her fist in oh, the yeah. air. It's that great. Defiant Chrissy, which yes. is kind of, apparently the, you saw on tour, right? Yeah, I just saw I saw, yeah. uh, I saw, just saw her at the, well, I saw her the first show of the year in London in June, and I saw the last show just here at the Pantages. Well, I didn't know that you went to the London one. Did she... Was she already on the cell phone thing and getting into? No, the the London show. It was part of like this little festival, and I think she was added late. And it was her first show in like three years, and uh, she played the entire new album and then a couple Pretender songs. But it, it was amazing. She was fantastic. Well, Chrissy and Linda were really the some of the driving forces in animal rights and yeah. stuff. And and yeah, and I I loved them both. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're uh, pioneers. No, and they. Uh, Paul was the first, Paul and Linda I met the same day, and it was the album release party for Press to Play album, and I just started at Rolling Stone, and someone said, you want to go over to Radio City, they're having an album release party for Paul and Linda McCartney, and it was, you know, we were, it's interesting you bring it, or this comes up, because we were talking about Bill Clinton, I was at an event, you know, the event with Bill Clinton last night, and that was the two times I remember ever sort of having trouble speaking, <laughs> getting like shy nervous uh-huh. was the first time i met a president in the white house and i literally was like my heart was pounding so much i had trouble and it was partly the place the sense of just like i i guess i'm really interested in presidential politics after rock and roll after music presidential politics is the most fascinating yeah. thing so my first time in the you know in the white house talking to a president i literally had trouble keeping it together and i literally was like speechless for a minute or two when Paul and Linda were introduced to me. I literally couldn't pull it together because, 
And, and I've seen it happen many times. Uh, in fact, the uh, party last night was at the Montage, and uh, I entered on Canon, and I had this memory of the first time I was with Ringo. We were walking across. We were going to, it was then on Canon, this restaurant that was right next to there. And we were walking across the street, and I saw like two cars like hit each other mm-hmm. because they just, when they see a be- people lose their minds when they see a Beatle. Like <laughs> yeah. my brother, who's a, two years older, who's a lawyer, really successful, the greatest guy on earth I know. I, he once drove me from uh, Newark Airport to Atlantic City because I was interviewing Ringo. Uh-huh. And when we got there, he was just saying goodbye at the sort of entrance of the casino venue. Yeah. And Ringo was on stage, and he saw me with someone. He goes, who are you with then? And, and, and my, I, I said, my brother. He goes, bring him down. And my brother, like this really successful, wonderful mm-hmm. lawyer, helps with the homeless, uh, greatest guy and his family, he brought him down and introduced him. And afterwards, my brother was like teared up and he goes i never thought i'd meet a beetle and it's weird that like you know he's almost too old to have remembered them in, yeah. in real time and i was too but yeah. it's weird how much power beetles have in our lives now here's my question your brother's taking you to see ringo no he's taking me to, to the basically dropped me off at the hotel Tell, yeah he was not he was just saying goodbye but, but he knows that you're gonna be talking with Ringo. Yes. so at no time does your brother say can, can I, Absolutely. Can, no, no. That's, I'm saying that's why I said my brother's the greatest guy of all time. Uh-huh. I would do that. I would to do him. that too. Oh, no. You, no, you would you have kidding me? eight albums and you would be. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I, on, I'd I know have, enough. You'd I'd actually have scary. a plastic yellow submarine yeah, for him you'd to be, you'd be doing I'd have an your, octopus that he would sign. You'd be doing your blonder <laughs> Rupert Pupkin bit that <laughs> you I mean, do. But I would, no, he would never have done that. And, but he fortunately did get to meet him. And what about you? Do you go, do you want to come in and meet him? You don't do that either. You guys don't have that. I'm, well, I'm super, I don't like asking people anything i yeah, don't yeah. i'm just like not i mean uh i didn't i, yeah. I didn't like asking you to be on the show <laughs> and you're unhappy that i turned <laughs> up as well no uh, <laughs> neither of us are very happy no. about this the um uh, kyle you're not you can't be happy about being here with these couple of old guys yeah i, I, I wonder I, i'm you know we're the chicks <laughs> I know, the girls Those aren't chicks here. are my jam i know the girls aren't here we'll be yeah. recording with them. where's the, the legs soon. where's legs as you call her <laughs> Christy? Yeah. Right. Well, Christy, that episode, she, she wore shorts. I never saw her in shorts before. She, very, she covers up a lot. Yeah. Well, it's the Muslim uh, way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's Muslim. It's part of the, her faith, and I have uh, to respect that. Did you, uh, so we're going to talk about Wings. Did you, ever, did you ever see Wings in concert? No. I, uh, I, I never saw Paul until I went. Uh, I, I, I watched Wings over American rock show. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. renting yeah. it as a kid. Yeah. But I was not in a position to meet uh beatles and and there was very little touring yeah you know until he became the you know paul's become this road warrior yeah it's crazy how much he's toured and i fortunately rolling stone uh, i got the chance to go on the road with him on ring on sorry on linda's last tour yeah uh i was on a lot of it and that was like the last great gasp of critics being a writers journalists being on the road for a long time i mm-hmm. went to south america with him and part of the west with him i went to new jersey I, I got to spend a lot of time with him and wow and got to and she was sort of my guide and friend mm-hmm. like she i don't know why she took a liking to me uh i and very few people do <laughs> but she uh, <laughs> she liked me in a way the wife that she set me up with never really has and that's my. <laughs> see, I think Linda was maybe just very loving because she loved me too. She loved, was she, loved was me she, too. Was she was she motherly, maternal, maternal, warm, mother earthy. Mm-hmm. Still, 
sexy, funny, yeah. body, uh, goofy. Heck, she would she admonish you. She'd sort of. She was great. She was friggin' great. And I'll never forget uh, running interviewing Paul after she passed uh, a couple of years later when he remarried the very short-lived yeah. wife. The, yeah, the woman who didn't have a leg to stand on <laughs> legally. Or, no, uh, uh, I forget her name, and I'm very happy to forget her name. Yeah. But uh, the atmosphere had gone from she was, you know, it wasn't easy ever being backstage, getting backstage in that world. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wanted to, but it was a warm, great place when and she got there. When she, well, yeah, and Linda kept things warm and comfortable, and and kept it normal, which I think was. That was really the secret of their success. They had a normal family life. Yeah. And I think Paul is, by nature, I think, like that. But I think Linda was the one who really made that home what it was. And, and she, did, she came from a privileged background yeah. herself. And I think she had a desire to, and an instinct to make things normal. And she was great. And then after she was gone in that brief period when I was around him that other time, it was... No, it was not good. And then I remember having this crazy discussion with him. Well, yeah, what was he? What was his demeanor like during that time? Was he happy or was he not happy? He didn't look happy. It was the atmosphere was not. I remember I was sitting in a room with Eric Burden. He was because it was in Vegas of the animals. Yeah, of the animals who I guess was living in Vegas mm-hmm. and Tony Curtis. <laughs> that's a weird room. That's a, that's that's a weird room. Rooms. It was me waiting to. It was like the people who were there to get getting access to him were Tony Bennett, Eric Burden, and me. And uh, Tony Bennett's wife that was a character. But uh, it was not loose or fun. And then a couple years later, that marriage was over. Yeah. And I happened to be backstage at the Grammys, which is what I'm working on right now. And it was at Staples Center. And it was this weird moment where I, someone was saying, uh, Alicia Keys and Stevie Wonder need you. And your wife is trying to get backstage. But there's a problem with her credential. And I'm running around. <laughs> and I'm running down the hall. And a guy who was the former manager of Enough's Enough, okay. uh, who I knew, said, uh, David, my friend wants to meet you. And I'm like, I wants to talk to you. And I'm walking down the hall and I said, and I'm usually a pretty polite guy, yeah. but I was like, Bob, it was Bob Brigham was his name, is his name. But Bob said, uh, uh, my friend Paul wants to talk to you. And I'm like, Bob, I'm sorry, I really, and, and then I hear, what's wrong, David? You don't remember me? And it was Paul was sitting there <laughs> outside his dressing room. And I went, Fuck my wife. <laughs> and Alicia Keys is Stevie Wonder. Hi, Paul. But it was like this, and it was great because uh, his kids, I think it was, it had to be not easy during the bad period yeah. with his kids because I think they knew that that was not a great situation. And yeah. Mary, his da- one of his daughters, who's a great, beautiful person, <laughs> was our photographer on a show I hosted called Musicians, uh, this music interview mm-hmm. show. She was like our photographer for when people would come in. And she was great, like her mom. Yeah. She had, so like the, only, the best pictures of me ever taken were by McCartney women. Uh, but I talked to him and just said, your kids are so great. And I meant that. And he was like, yeah, you know, it was like he'd come back to life. And yeah. then it's been, and I don't, I don't know him well. I don't know how much he would remember me at all. But, uh, when I see him with his new wife, it's like, I think Linda would be happy now. It's like Good. my, my weird projection, just having been around him mm-hmm. in the old days was like, he's back in a great place yeah. and he's back with someone who loves him and who he loves and he seems and he's flourished like i i just think his re- that's why it's great to do the wing stuff today
but if if you ever want me back, I think it'd be cool to go and do like the post wings era because I yeah. think the weird thing about him is it's like these guys, he and Dylan, who have like third chapters that no one it's like not this it's not you know jesus only had a second coming right but this is like these guys had a third that are just amazing yeah they they're they're i mean i loved i love his i loved his most recent album new i thought that was a great album. yeah really good i'm listening to that a lot so yeah well that's what i was going to say before earlier is uh with linda wanting to keep it normal i was going to say to my knowledge i've never read anything um salacious about any of the of their children they all seem to be good people with careers and you know doing what they want to do and I, they seemed like I, and again based on and mary i got to spend more time with when, when on the show that we did uh they seemed great yeah i think i mean i'm telling you she was the beatles women are great and i don't i did a show with yoko a tribute to mm-hmm. john and i didn't get to know her really uh but i just am impressed by their strength i don't think it's easy to have a life I, and to be around these people, to be around someone that no, it doesn't matter where you go with him, the heads are going to turn. Yeah, Ringo said it's Beatles radar. People have this weird Beatles radar. They know when something is, you know, it's it's crazy, and it's great to be on the other half of that. Like, and I, I will only say, I don't think it happened with any of the. I'm, with Ringo, I've spent enough time with him where it's almost like there'll be moments when I go feel very normal around mm-hmm. him. And then every once in, a, once in a while, you go, holy shit. Like, and Paul, I mean, the man we're talking about, I had some holy shit moments with him like in, uh, where I would like, argue with him about a Beatles fact, and I would be right. But it's like those things where you go, you're just way too, you get, when you get a little yeah. comfortable. And like there was, I, I think I'm, I tell everyone this, but like this weird little moment where I was on a tour bus with him and I remember a thing. The Ramones were really big in Argentina and South yes. America yeah, that, they, at the point that that was, I was their with place, them. right? <clears throat> and I think I was I was the one who told them like, you know, they were named after you. And he was like, what? And he goes, yeah, Paul Ramon was one of his fake. He did, as a joking, he called himself I'm Paul Ramon, you know. Right. And they, as I understand it, that's where they got Ramon. Yeah. Is it's like a nod to him, and he didn't know that. And we're passing this poster. And it's the middle of the night, and people in Argentina, as they do, were going out to dinner, like families walking at <laughs> one in the morning to go have dinner. And, wow. But I remember, like, uh, he had some sneaker box on his uh, uh, on his knee, like mm-hmm. on the tour. Someone had sent him like free sneakers of the mm-hmm. probably vegan right. <laughs> or whatever yeah. they were. But he started like hitting the box, and I'm like, "What is going on?" And I realized this is the most amazing drum pattern I've ever heard. <laughs> like, he's such an purely musical genius yeah. that anything he does anything he touches is and it's sort of like in let it be which you can't even really see anymore mm-hmm. there's this moment where he goes operatic and just like jokingly does some operatic singing and you go he could do that too and it's crazy and, and we're doing this last year we did the beatles tribute uh the two days after the grammys we're doing stevie wonder this year oh, nice. and those are two guys who i've been around a fair amount where you see that's pure musical genius. You've like, been with the ebony and the ivory. I have exactly. I'm the in between. I'm, I'm tan. You're tan. You're uh, exactly. You're you're eggshell. Exactly. All right, well let's get into some music. Yes. We're doing it's it's just it's not it's nothing it's not anything Paul McCartney solo. It's only Paul McCartney and Wings or sometimes the group's just called Wings too. Yes, no. Uh, it's Paul McCartney the, and Wings. Yes, for, the way I believe it works is Wildlife is technically Wings. Now, we might have some <clears throat> 
problems here because a lot of people think of ram as wings. But it's not. not. That's a Paul, That's Paul and Linda. Linda. Yeah. Right. So then, uh, then you, so the, yeah, it goes on after that, uh, I guess, uh, Red Rose Speedway, uh, and then on to the stuff that we'll probably have a lot of stuff from. Yeah, uh, I think after Band on the Run, then I think the first album's Wings, and then Red Rose and Band on the Run are Paul McCartney and Wings. Even though at that point, Wings starts constantly, well, which will, this will come up, but it constantly mm-hmm. sort of changes. Other than Denny Lane uh, yeah. and Linda and Paul, it's like sometimes it's just them. Right. <laughs> sometimes it's, you know, there's, and there's great players who come mm-hmm. in and out of it. And I think, weirdly, they had a harder time than you would think keeping the band. I don't think it paid that well. I think Paul had this sort of like, we're banned, one for all. But, you know, Paul wrote the song, so right. he was getting the publishing. And yeah. I don't know that these guys... And plus, he had this like, let's go play colleges right. and, get, and show up and not get paid. And right. I think that's better when you have the uh, Beatles royalties behind But there are, there are some songs that Denny Lane writes and sings, I too. I have a few on That's great. List. Okay, cool. And then... Uh, we go then, through Back to the Egg. And, of course, the, that's right. And, of course, the, uh, the most famous lineup included James Coburn and Christopher Lee. <laughs> on the cover. Yeah, those guys were... Those, that they was were, the rhythm. That was the rhythm section. Exactly. They rocked. And Freud's grandson, or was it? Or son? Yes. Clement Freud, or was it Irving Freud? Or How, how, how long have we recorded so far, Kyle? We're, we're, 25 no songs. minutes. 25 no minutes songs. with no songs. Love it. Uh, well, I love it. I will let you, I'll let you go first, David. What do you got first for us? I'm going to begin with a song uh, from Wings at the Speed of Sound that I literally is my favorite Wings song. And... I don't think it's the best. It's just my favorite. So mm-hmm. that I listen to it all the time, partly because Wings are in my top groups of all time, but mm-hmm. so are the Four Tops. I love the Four Tops. And this, in my mind, is Paul, about a minute into it, he starts doing Levi Stubbs, and he becomes, right. a, it's like the fifth top. Let's hear it. This is Beware My Love. Do you have a drop-in for this? Or just- I don't. But I would say don't begin in the beginning, unless you want to listen for a while, because it takes a little while. Okay. Maybe a minute in. Okay. Do some producing. Right, this is sort of like... Oh, I should talk now. You can talk over it. Yeah, it's like the Denny Lane, Linda Paul vocal blend. Beautiful. And then it takes off into Motown right around here. Here it goes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Suddenly we're standing in the shadows of love or one of those great like, yeah. Motown things. And partly Paul's the best bass player of all time, so... It, he sort of gets that sort of Motown Funk Brothers thing. great that's great we were uh, we were talking off mic earlier and we were saying how some people like slag off wings a little bit but uh, wings has 12 top 10 singles yeah and i think it's crazy s- sometimes uh, uh kyle was saying that he knows the singles and i think that's one of the things that's unfortunate is that the wings sort of got viewed as a singles mm-hmm. band by people and i don't hear it that way at all like i love i i i have I literally did pick my tried to pick my favorites 
and I picked very few hit songs. And I did pick a lot of hit songs, so this will be a I nice knew you blend. would. Yeah, I, I know. No, I, I, even I, though I, I own the uh, the all the albums, I, I really do. I really do think their hit songs are some pretty oh, great tracks. I could pick a hundred wing songs that I love, yeah. and e- easily. And this is literally just like I. This is this list. I made a list uh, on Friday and changed four or five of them mm-hmm. today because every day I have different songs I like better by this dude. Yeah. And the uh, w- Wings recorded history went from 1971 through 79. So that's, uh, that's a pretty good, that's a, a pretty much a decade of Paul's life with this band. And so. a great, I mean, and, you know, there was a joke that went around that people used to go like, uh, my girlfriend thinks Paul, the Beatles are a band uh, Paul McCartney was in before he Wings. Like people, <laughs> right, yeah. it, it, it was kind of almost dismissed, even though it was massively successful. Yes. And, and it was weird because Paul, people, I think even our age don't get that some people were mad at Paul at the end of the Beatles. They thought he was the one that mm-hmm. broke up the Beatles. Yeah. And it's like, and he was the one, I guess, who thought Alan Klein was a schmuck first. Yeah. I think history's probably proven him fairly correct on that. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah. And pa- Paul's the most, I think he's the, mo- he's the most famous solo beetle you know what i mean as far as like recorded output yeah no it's funny the most prolific yeah. i mean he has more albums than the other guys do solo albums i had a recent discussion with corolla where it was very funny i, I never think about it this way because i just love them yeah and but like he's always like i don't care about mccartney like, because i like my no i love mccartney uh in fact i brought mccartney's brian ray who plays with mccartney mm-hmm. in with me and he goes like but george is my guy and i don't care about lennon and like i was like I don't have to choose sides. Right. Uh, you know, some people don't like Lennon's solo career, which I literally, I didn't know there were people who didn't like Lennon's solo right. career until recently. It's like, because I just like them as opposed to everyone else who's not them. Yeah. So, now that makes sense. More than like you guys. Also, if, if, you, live out, if, you, live, if you live here in uh, Southern California, uh, there's a little guitar place called McCabe's yeah, in yeah. Santa Monica. And Denny Lane uh, periodically plays Band Run there front to back <laughs> what he's doing it i think he's doing it it's coming up if you check out McCabe's I, website that is so crazy because yeah i have a very denny lane heavy list and uh-huh. i was going to bring up the fact that i never have seen denny lane oh yeah he's i anywhere. think he's coming to mccabe's maybe in february we'll find out in a second uh but i'll play my first song now so now we're what 30 minutes in with one song are you looking up that mccabe's thing yeah did you find it uh, I will after I okay. play yourself. Um, this is Rock Solid, and I decided to play Rock Shell from Venus and Mars. He might have just played because it's not. On it's not on there now. Yeah, he does. It's it's at McCamesa. You have to check it out. Oh my god, I love uh, Rock Show. But I will say it's funny. It's like you can hear 
around the time of Wings at the Speed of Sound into Venus and Mars, like he is about to recommit to becoming like a real like arena stadium live act again. And so he being the ingenious musical force that he is, he starts writing songs that he knows he needs for a live show. Like I think right. he needed like okay, I need a song to open up a big rock show. Mm-hmm. I got it. Rock show. <laughs> and it's great, but it also is like it fits a purpose and like he starts putting in horns because he's mm-hmm. going to get a horn section for the yep. you know to keep the the stage show great and yeah it's just great stuff. and and uh, him and Linda then share the same haircut back then <laughs> exactly they have that is that punk- a modified mullet yeah punky on top and yeah. really long in the back a uh, mullet a punky mullet what would that be mullet. called the punk a, a punk Punk it? I don't know. That's terrible. Yeah, really. Uh, a, a mulkey? I know I was attracted to at least one of them, but maybe you might both. not be. You're not both. sure who. Might you're not both. sure which one. What's your uh, What's your track number two? My track number two is a song from Band on the Run called No Words, mm-hmm. which is actually a co-write, if I remember correctly, by McCartney and Denny Lane. And I remember very vividly, uh, I was with McCartney, you know, on this tour for Off the Ground, and. But starting, I think, with the rock show, with the, you know that that sort of era of uh, Velvet, uh, Velvet, uh, Venus and Mars, mm-hmm. he started. That's when he started playing Beatles songs. You know, he had bravely sort of said, "I'm not doing that," and went out early on and didn't didn't do anything. And yeah. then when Wings Over America, that tour, you know, he, he worked in four or five yeah. Beatles songs. I think it was. And then by the time I got to know him, he'd sort of like you know the show was heavily Beatles. Yeah, and I had this weird discussion with him because it's you know you can't believe you're talking to him i mean i just worship the guy i admire him so much and he's so likable that you you sort of get used to being your chums you know and like you're not you know he's paul mccartney and you're not or i wasn't (laughs) no one is yeah and but i said to him i i personally would could use less beatles in the set list (laughs) what i go (laughs) i said i grew up my sergeant pepper is banned on the run yeah i and to this day i probably have not listened to sergeant pepper in years, like sat and listened to it, mm-hmm. I will often listen to Band on the Run. I love it. And so, and my favorite songs are not the ones on the radio. It's like this one, No Words, which we should hear. All right, here we go. And there's that wings vocal blend that's yep. so beautiful and you know having a female voice i think he very realized that would make it less beatly because there weren't i don't think there were any chicks in the beatles there weren't <laughs> although astrid was pretty hot. <laughs> i like to tell people that pete best's wife broke up the beatles <laughs> exactly. that's what i like Let's to blame do. her she was the best. I forgot about this song. This is such a great song. I'll just leave it a little. No words for my love. In fact, I just love. Uh, I think I have another song or or so from. I, I, I had to, I had to restrict myself. Otherwise, I'd put it on tons of like Mrs. Vanderbilt, nineteen eighty five. I love. All those songs, more than uh, I have another couple, but uh, I I just think Ben on the Run. If you don't own it, own it. Well, Pay yeah, I it. mean, if 
I mean, that's I, that's the that's the one that's considered the the high watermark. I think. I think that's like all things must pass for George. Yeah. Pasta Gono band maybe for John and yeah. And Ringo for Ringo. I think, yeah, yeah. They, all, they each had one that's just kind of... A classic. A classic, at least. Uh, well, I'm going to play... My next song is actually a non-album single that just flat out rocks. I don't know anyone who wouldn't like Uh-oh. Junior's father. Oh, he took one. <laughs> Jimmy McCullough on guitar. Who was in another great group that I've just been rediscovering. Well, their brief, short-lived group, Thunderclap Newman, he was from. you know. Oh, yeah. Something in the uh, Air. Yeah, Tom Petty does a great version of yeah, Something yeah. in the Air. With vocals by my groomsman and one of my best friends ever, Howie Epstein. Uh, the late, great Howie Epstein. Howie Epstein was in your wedding party? Yeah, he was one of my... Uh, yes, he was my one of my best men, and he was... Uh, he was not my best man. He was one of my groomsmen and, wow. and was a great friend and a guy I talked to. Uh, you don't know me quite well enough yet mm-hmm. to know this, but I'm not a phone guy. I I don't like, and but my wife always says he was the only person who ever, and I don't even talk with her that much. When I'm away, I short conversations. We talked every night for about an hour for about <laughs> five years because he started calling me. Even when he was on the road yeah. after the show, he'd want to just we just talk music, and there was almost no personal sort of like talk about like it wasn't like feelings and family. Yeah. It was like the opposite of what the conversations you hear your wife having on a phone. This was like literally just we talked music, and he would call and go like, and the only Elvis Costello is another guy like this, just guys who can talk music and not get to themselves ever. Like <laughs> you know, Elvis would talk about like there was a period when he like called me a few times, and it'd be like. Want to talk about NRBQ for an hour? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, how like a play date, well, musical I'm, play date. I'm sorry for the, uh, the loss because uh, that was such a sad story when Howie Epstein died. He was died. the greatest guy I ever knew. He saved my life. Uh, I was in Jamaica with him and Carlene Carter, who was mm-hmm. his girlfriend. Yeah. And we were staying at Johnny Cash's house, and we were taking a long road trip. This is the name drops. We'll keep on this one. Now, now it turns into a prison story because... Then we got into a car accident. I was driving in the middle of nowhere, Jamaica, in, where you don't want to be in a car accident with a local right. that, who were fucking with us. Yeah. And this guy came out with a, sw- a switchblade. <sighs> and Howie Epstein, who was m- my height. He's tiny. Like, tiny. He little, weighed about 90 pounds. Yeah. He threatened this guy and protected me. Like, I don't know how he, because he was like, he was very in with the Hells Angels. He knew how to act like a Hells Angel. <laughs> and uh, I got taken to a jail uh, in Jamaica, in the middle of nowhere, not like in one of the big cities, not a place, again, you want to go, and literally sat down, and it was basically a, okay, you're going to be here for the rest of your life kind of vibe. Oh my God. And uh, then they said, where are you staying? And I gave the address of the Johnny Cash estate, and yeah. they were like, you can go. 
They didn't want to fuck with uh, Johnny Cash. God bless Johnny Cash and Howie Epstein. How come you have these stories and my stories are about me having lunch at Lemonade with Murray? I, I, I'm <laughs> hoping to get out of here. To get, I would love to have lunch with, well, I'm not sure about Murray. Murray would be okay, but it would be Legs or, uh, legs. or April. <laughs> All right. I think someone called her Legs on the, uh, uh, Mike, I think, called her Legs on the show, yeah. the Christmas show. So I, that's her new, I'm that's taking her that new, on. Uh, I think it's. I think you're up. I think it's your turn. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go Venus and Mars, and I'm going to go a single on Venus and Mars. Okay, but I'm going to go with an unsuccessful single on Venus and Mars that I think is one of the greatest songs ever. It rocks. I don't know why it isn't better known. It's that moment where Paul took the wings on the road, and they really got. I just think he knew he needed it needed to rock, and, uh-huh. and it was sort of like. Wildlife was sweet when you were in the country, you know, in a barn playing with them. But this was like going to play an arena and we're going to rock. And this is a song called Letting Go. was really working for the parties. Yeah. Like, there, there, there's a mildly sort of, like, toasted edge that gives it, frankly, and, and I'm not a drug taker of any, I literally have never been. Yeah, me uh, neither. You've uh, never been, you've never smoked pot? No, I've smoked it professionally eight or nine times, like when fans have insisted. Right. Uh, but I really have no interest in it uh, myself. Okay. But there's like a, I, I've been around it enough to sense when there's like that stony vibe, and they, they have it. Uh-huh. It's funny this song, the song you just played, "Letting Go." It's it's one of those songs where you can say that's a top forty single. It went to number thirty nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which, and it, probably held, it probably held at thirty nine for one week. Well, also, I think those were the days when there was no sound scan. Remember, so yeah. In other words, that was someone at Capitol giving someone the right toot toot candy to uh, <laughs> say we got to have a top forty hit. I can't go back to Paul yeah, and I tell can't. him it didn't go top forty. I can't do it. So it went thirty nine. I, I bet you there's a lot of look at a lot of big artists who have a lot of thirty nine hits, and that was someone some programming director getting a little nose candy. Yeah. Uh, As you call it, you yeah, and Mike oh, Siegel, Tootski. Oh, Siegel, that guy, uh, the cocaine, the casualty, the drug. So I don't even know. So I don't even know if he's ever going to. Sometimes I don't even know if he's going to show up. Yeah. I don't know where he's. I don't know if he's out in the alley scoring. I don't know what's going on. He's got a monkey on his back. He doesn't even notice that. We got to get legs. Doesn't like that kind no, of. No, we might. We might have to have an intervention. Exactly. That's not my jam. <laughs> this is another. This is a an, another non-LP single, although. I think it might have been on the the U.S. You're taking uh, if you're taking another one of my non-LP singles. I don't think I am. Freak out! I think it was on the U.S. version of Band on the Run. Okay, this is this is Helen Wheels. Okay, I didn't take this one.
love that one too. Yeah, I I wonder why more bands aren't embracing like just the non LP single. I mean, with uh, with the way iTunes is, like you could just record a one. It didn't have to be on your next album. They could just boom release it. Wonder why that doesn't happen more. There was a different attitudes. Also in England, England mm-hmm. was all about. There was a long period where it was like, oh no, you don't put your singles on your albums. Yeah, isn't <laughs> why that, would you crazy. do that? But then I think that was before the industry was so much about like maximizing profits. And uh, so yeah, in America, we always I think you you, you, you start with the Beatles catalog. Mm-hmm. That was a case. It was like, oh yeah. no, it's on the EP. It would be bad form to put them on the LP as well. What are the two songs that that's were a, me imitating a British person? No, that's that was terrific. Kind of way better than I, I can do. I think everyone thinks a British person. Hello, broke into the rock song. Hello, David. <laughs> uh, what were the, what was the single that came out right before Sergeant Pepper? The double A side the Beatles released. It was like Penny Lane, or... Penny Lane, and something else. It's just like you're like, wow. If those were also on Sergeant Pepper, I mean. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. All right, what's up? What, what do you got? Hello. Okay. <laughs> what's next? Go go for that. Oh. Was, uh, it was Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields yeah. forever. Only two of the best songs best. ever written. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Only two of the top ten songs ever written, yeah. but not a good enough for the album. Not good enough for the album. A no. um, couple uh, of stinkers. My next track is to... to you know how they said Blondie is a band, or you said it constantly. You wouldn't shut up with that Blondie is a band thing. Wings were a band, <laughs> so I'm going to give you my first song with a vocal dominated by not Paul McCartney. And this is a song from Wings at the Speed of Sound uh, that features Denny Lane that I love. And like, I, I, have, I would love to meet Denny Lane or go see him at McCabe's or wherever you claim this happens. Have, how could I've you never, not have met, I've met him? Never, I've never met him. I've met a lot of people. I would kill. No, I think it would be really sad. I have a feeling he's got to be, he's like a uh, sad sack character of rock and roll because this is a guy who was, had an amazing song covering an old you know, R&B tune with Moody Blues mm-hmm. before they were really anything. Quits Moody Blues and then yeah. they become big. He gets in wings, but somehow manages, like, I think, you know, when Paul got arrested in Japan, I think he went off and wrote a song called Japanese Tears and pissed off Paul and got sort of written out of the history and, you know, and I don't, I've never seen him play any place I I would love to go see him. I think he's, a, I've seen him occasionally on like British Invasion, uh-huh. like, 18 people bills, but I would like to see a show. I swear to God, he plays McCabe's a lot. I think you're high. I'm, I'm not. I think you do get high. And this I is know it. I'm not. <laughs> I think you're higher than Jimmy McCulloch. You're dipping into the medicine jar let to me, borrow another song. Let's hear this Denny Lane song, This sir. is Time to Hide. Mike Siegel contact high when I listen to this. Little vocal. It's like that's one of the thing that's interesting about someone like Paul McCartney. He's 
a musical powerhouse, far and away the musical powerhouse of the Beatles. Like yes. the greatest, he's at least the greatest white bass player who's ever lived. He's at least one of the greatest, the greatest rock singer who's ever lived. The best drummer in the Beatles. He's a, no, well, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I'm buying that. I'm just, but, that's just, but, that, but, isn't that an old joke? Yeah, no, Ringo's not even the yeah, best drummer and, in the Beatles. No, and that's, that's not true. That's wrong. But he's a great drummer. He's you know, yeah. and can fill in like I think he had to on uh, Band on the Run and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but in all the things he does, one thing he hasn't done too much of is, except during this Wings period, mm-hmm. was be a sort of backing vocalist. Yeah. And so him blending with Linda and teaching her how to blend with him and with Denny Lane, with yeah. his, who there's a great little backing that's one of the reasons i love time to hide or some of the other things that they did with denny lane is you get to hear paul interjecting as a sort of backing focus mm-hmm. and he's genius at it and the uh the studio version of that comes from uh wings at the speed of sound yes and it's also on wings over america but yes. that, this, this was i think i was giving you the studio version there oh okay cool yeah the uh and if uh, if you're a mccartney fan and you don't know this but the, the concord music group has doing a great Amazing job at job. reissuing uh, all the McCartney and Wings and the Paul McCartney solo stuff and the, the two newest ones were Venus and Mars and Wings at the Speed of Sound and those come with bonus tracks and all kinds of great stuff. So look Absolutely. for those. They send them to me every time they come out. They send, so, but I'm, I'm under no obligation you know what's to push amazing? that here. But I am, they do not send them to me and they're going to start. <laughs> Joel Amsterdam? Damn, yes, is Joel, Joel Amsterdam. You're sending it to this guy? <laughs> this stoner? Yeah. And I'd have, I'd, I'm paying for it? They're um, going to stop sending them to Pat and just yeah, forward Joel, them to you. Maybe, yeah, just, just give me his. Maybe he knows you can afford to buy them and I can't. Joel, you're going to come. <laughs> because do, you're outscoring Joel, drugs. Right. <laughs> we should have Joel in and do it if you want. Uh, that would be great. Maybe a, I thought you would bring Denny Lane with you today and you didn't. <laughs> no. He has a show at McCabe's. I swear to God. Uh, how long have you known Joel? Oh, forever. Great guy. Yeah. How did they score that McCartney catalog? That isn't, that's, that's impressive. Uh, I think they paid him and gave him freedom and, uh, there you go. and that's what I think. I think it's hard in the, people don't like major record labels anymore. No, they, they, I think they've, even if they're Paul McCartney and are powerful enough to not get screwed, they know enough people yeah. who are consistently screwed yeah. by the system. As a matter of fact, the only record label that I like right now is the Concord Music Group, run by Joel Amsterdam. <laughs> Concord Music. This, this show brought to you by... Concord Music. Yes. Um, I'm going to play... I like Concord Wine. I like uh, very much the Manischewitz. <laughs> it's a fine... It's what only, that's the official wine of my, my, my family. It's grape juicy. Yeah, that's why I like it. I like it, too. I don't drink either. See, I'm not a druggie. I don't drink. I, you don't drink? Not a casual beer? No. I hate beer. You I'm not a big beer fan. I, I'd rather drink a mixed drink or some wine. I don't really like the alcohol. But I barely drink. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go non-LP uh, single again. Oh, my God. But this is, this is very, this is late, late period for Wings. And uh, this is a song that people might not even like, but I love it. Top five single. Let's hear a little bit of Good Night Tonight. I like the poppy stuff. You mind if I dance? Sure, no. How many steps can you get in during this dance? I'm going to tell you for a fact, he just got in about three steps. <laughs> this is 79 when the disco is, is in vogue. 
in there and then you have that <laughs> stun gun is that the disco yeah, stun I was, gun I was trying to get you know, faded down before the stun gun <laughs> Kyle uh, how do you feel about that type of stuff I love it uh, yeah I mean I do I, too I wouldn't put it on my list I, I lo- that's, if that comes on the radio I love it uh, yeah. I think that's what is the and it comes up in the next song of my choice I think the weird thing about McCartney is his craft is so excellent mm-hmm. that it makes some people think he's not an artist. And I think that's wrong. I think the interesting thing about it is I think on a musical, melodic level, he's simply the greatest composer of our times. I mean, the greatest melody writer since Gershwin, you know, or and... Uh, Better than Billy Joel? Yes. No, no. And I like Billy, I <laughs> I like like Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. Uh, but people... And I think there was a period where the lyrics were not as good. I think mm. we were talking about the period when the pot was working. Yeah. There may have been a period where the pot was working on the lyrics too much and <laughs> things got a little sloppy. And yeah. there songs... Like, I, I spent 10 minutes last night debating whether I could put <laughs> Getting Closer on my list because... I, I've my salamander. I'm not sure if I can really get behind a love song that has my salamander, you know, as a lyric in it. It's on my list. Okay, I love. I know. <laughs> I love the song, but I yeah. left it off. I'm glad now because I said I don't really want to embrace the salamander. I want to, but I. So I went for a different back to the egg song. It's That's so, a little. It's so funny. Spoiler alert. Uh oh. It's so funny. How many? I mean, how many songs do you think uh, Paul McCartney has written and recorded with the Beatles and solo and Wings? I mean, literally dozens. Be- there's got to be at least 12. Yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, it's got to be like five, 600. No, and then for people like me and you, or I don't know if you, I, with him, I've gotten a lot of bootlegs and things. Yeah. And like, there's so much more. Yeah, and with these, with these Concord Music Group releases, there's a lot of, uh, you know, unreleased exactly. stuff. And, and um, I mean, so, so you have to forgive someone for a couple missteps sometimes. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't even judge it. I mean, right. I, I love it. I, and I'm just, in terms of marking on a... Like I, I really did pick my list to try to think of exposing a few songs that I like that I don't think people hear enough. So, so that maybe people listening yeah. to the show will seek it out yes. and purchase but it. But I absolutely love getting closer and literally. That, I'm not joking. That's like that was a hard one for me not to put on. But I, uh, I is it is it okay if we can I switch it, pull an audible and Uh-oh. give yeah. a different go to my I'm going to go to my uh, song from Back to the Egg okay. right now and it, this is just a different side of why I love McCartney. This is a song. That was got a lot of sort of written about, but not listened to that much. Called the the Rockestra theme, where he oh, yeah. literally like pulled together a bunch of guys like from like John Bonham or you know some Pete Townsend, I think, and a mm-hmm. bunch of Gary Booker, maybe a bunch of guys from the sort of rock world, and did this sort of a rock orchestra. It sort of try to jam it and do a little jamming and David Gilmour, yeah. Denny Lane, yeah, Kenny no, Jones, no, and, and the Wings. So it was like yeah. the, it was like the last gasp of the Wings sort of era. And uh, but what I love about it is it's now the McCartney I've gotten to be around feel very privileged to have been around in the last couple of years at the Grammys. He's become like our guy who likes to come and jam. Like he's done that <laughs> a bit. And and at the Beatles show, he is. A, I think he is fundamentally 
a guy who wants to play. Yeah. And that's why, like, at a, think how much money he has. He's in a happy marriage, and the guy does not get off the road because he loves to play, play. for people. Oh, and I will tell you, the greatest concerts I've ever been to have been his sound checks because when, he, when I was on the road with him, his sound checks bore no relation to the show. He would not do anything That's that great. he did in the show. He'd do a whole separate thing where he got to do, like, he'd pull out some R&B stuff that he mm. grew up on that he still absolutely connects with, some obscurities. It was phenomenal. That would be a great album for someone to record uh, live at the sound check. He did it. Oh, he, he actually, did. There was a thing called Tripping... Tripping the something, there was a tripping the highlights was a highlights one, but there was like a, a, a tripping the live fantastic, I think it was called. Okay, and that it was, was like a, I think it's like a double CD or a three time, you'd have to look it up, but it had a lot of stuff that I think he had played in Soundcheck, or that was my, uh, mm. I was around that era, and it was songs that he did in Soundcheck. But I mean, actually record the Soundcheck and release that. Oh, well, he should do it every yeah, time. That He's, would be great. Nothing like a McCartney Soundcheck. Uh, so, is it my turn? It, it, it is it, my turn. Yes. Okay, so uh, this is Rockestra theme, and I love it, and I literally have never looked up what there's... It's an instrumental, basically, with a little spoken sort of statement that I've never known what it is, and I looked it up, and I still don't know what it means, and I love it. Let's hear it. song from a TV show yeah. that you've never seen. Also, the, the Back to the Egg album, side one was called Sunny Side Up, and side two was Over Easy. Exactly. And I listened to that record a lot. And that's, you know, uh, so I I could go with three or four. I love Arrow Through Me. I love uh, Old Siam, Sir. I love To You. And no one likes that record. I don't think Paul likes that record, but I like it very much. Uh, I wonder when, how does that happen? Like you, you, you write an album, you record it, and then after the fact you go, I don't really like it that much. Well, I think it's the actual the time period because remember that's like the time period of like Japan getting arrested, getting a whole tour blown, having your band yeah. either wanting to get rid of them or having them piss you off. So it might not be the material as much as what's as, uh, the he memories associated. associated with it. Plus, he didn't get good reviews. No. Uh, he was, that was him trying to, if you remember, whatever, 79, is that right? 79, yeah. So, so it's, he's like, there's sort of punk new wave stuff out there and all the British guys, I think it was worse for them because if you actually lived in England, you were getting dismissed as being irrelevant, mm -hmm. right and left in the press. Yeah. And you know what? This is what I like. I like living longer because you realize like the guy's Dylan was written off as being irrelevant in like 80 and McCartney were written off. Yeah. And you know what? They're fucking eternally relevant. Yeah. They're, they're and the people who were so relevant are either dead or playing in like, you know, a club for eight people. These guys are still playing arenas for a reason. They're friggin' giants. They are giants who walk the earth musically and we're lucky to have them. What's weird about the, this too is like getting closer. It, it was, it went to number 20, but the back to the egg, like you said, wasn't, uh, wasn't that well received but then a year later he releases uh from mccartney 2 coming up yes that goes to number one yeah it's crazy i mean who i mean 
that's not way, that I, far removed from getting closer. You know what I mean? As far as yeah, I, style, stylistically, it wasn't like he went back to his roots no. for McCartney too. It was just experimental and crazy. Yeah, you know, it's funny is that I, I, for years I didn't really investigate McCartney too too deeply, and now I've sort of fall, we're not doing that on this show because it's post wings, but right. like. I've fallen in love with, like, I listen to Waterfalls from uh, that more than I listen to a lot of the big hits. Uh-huh. I love that song. Uh, well, I'm going to go with non, non-album single again. I don't know why, I don't know why these are all uh, so many singles, but this is, uh, this is high, high, high. Dedicate this to Mike Siegel. <laughs> <laughs> the kids know it's h-i-h-i-h-i it's not h-i-g-h so no. don't misunderstand in any way right we're gonna get high 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 with the music on yeah, i like the little i like the guitar in that i just that i rocks. just like that yeah i like that song yes um uh i am going to uh go single uh, can i go out of order again do you mind kyle uh i'm gonna go uh, out of order again and go for another sort of non-LP single. I believe it was the flip side of Mull of Conturn, which means very little to people here, but I guess in Europe it was his biggest, or in England, like his biggest song ever. Uh, and the flip side is, and, and, and like it's like the sort of Scottish anthem of all times, I guess, or mm-hmm. something like that. Whereas the flip side was a horny little number <laughs> called Girls' School. So let's hear Girls' School. I don't think I've ever heard this song before. Oh, you don't know it? I don't know this song. I meant Casey the song, not the girls in the school who are <laughs> underage. Though that too, perhaps. Yeah. But I'm straight and not, uh, if Mike was high, you know, you could be in real trouble. The oh, that guy high and that good looking face of his, he just, he scores drugs and chicks. <laughs> He's not here. He's going to be so happy to hear all this, uh, all these jokes about him. Um, that's a great song. I've oh. never heard that song. Oh, great one. Yeah. How do I not know that song? I think it's on one of your Concord releases that Joel Amsterdam is going to send me a gift pack of. <laughs> the next two releases are Pipes of Peace and Tug of War. Those are the next two to come out. I'm maybe the only person I know who needs a, a demo of So Bad. That's a great song. I think it's like a Smokey Robinson song. I think I... The, the demo will probably be on, these, uh, on this release. Oh, God. Joel... This is your this is your, <laughs> your chance to shine. You're my love. I'm, I'm and no, you do it good. I'm no longer going to get these now. You're going to get them. I'm I'm really pissed about this. Uh, my next song is uh, maybe we'll skip it. 
Should we skip it now? It's one of the greatest James Bond themes of all time. No, no, don't skip it because I knew you would have it, so I didn't put it on my list. And, and I'm dropping us. Uh, I'm dropping us in the middle of it. Um, but yeah, this is just this is one of the greatest James Bond themes ever for me. This is the greatest song featuring a grammatical mistake in history. What's the grammatical mistake? The crazy world in which we live in. Oh yeah. In which we live in. <laughs> <laughs> like there are probably a million kids who've gotten like a B minus when they could have gotten a B plus because of this song. Damn it, McCartney! This is a crazy song in which we live in. <laughs> Let's hear it right from the, in the middle somewhere. He ripped off Axl Rose, but good on this one. <laughs> Unimpeachably brilliant. Yes, it's so good. The best Bond song, in my opinion. Produced by George Martin. Yeah, well, that's what you hear a little of that George Martin genius in that part, that little orchestral arrangement. Three minutes and 13 seconds of pure pop rock. And and by the way, when you're given a title for James Bond, like, it it, it can be tough. Yeah, Octopussy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But Live and Let Die, he turned it into the, the oh, greatest of all time. I know. That's amazing. It's like one of the only Bond themes that is like good removed from the, yes, oh, yeah. the movie. It's yeah. got balls, like James himself. Yeah. yeah. I feel shaken and stirred. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn, my friend. Um, I call him my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, before you take one of the great, great, I'm trying to, you did not take this one. Okay. Uh, this is one of the great hits. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab that hit because I don't want you to get it first. Just of spite, yeah. just pure spite. Let's play Jet. Oh, so good. And another one where if you listen, you don't have to know what he's talking about. Right? I don't know what he's talking about. I think it might be his dog was Jet. Well, that's what I had heard that it was his dog's name was Jet. Yeah. So it's like Shannon by Henry Gross, but with balls. Rick Springfield does a great oh, version of this. Rick, Rick Springfield does a good version of everything. Where are you, Rick Springfield? Sergeant Major, like one thing that's cool is in British, there's certain British phrases that, like I remember asking Petty, because there's one of his songs where there's like a, he and Jeff Lynn mention a rank, and mm-hmm. I said, Petty, like that's not an American rank, like Sergeant Major, I think in my mind, I don't know Sergeant Major, no. and there's one of, one of Petty's songs, but it's great that the Brits will use slightly different words yeah. for the same thing. It's like, Corporal wouldn't sound as good in a song, but Sergeant Major sounds great. Yeah. I would have been a minor major. You're if right. I had been at best. At, at best. best. I have uh, news on the jet 
thing. Okay. What's, so what, they oh. thought it was about his Labrador retriever named uh-huh. Jet. But in 2010, in an interview, McCartney explained that Jet was the name of a pony he owned. That's it? Yeah. All right. Turn your mic off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are wondering. Okay. But then it's funny because McCartney, you don't know then in 2010 if he's joking or not. Well, also, like you, he could have said, oh, no, that yeah. was some, it was about a pony. Oh, no. And then there's guys who change what the song's about. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know, they, they, maybe they get a marriage on and they could admit something else. Yeah, um, maybe I'm amazed. McCartney now says that was written about the Internet because <laughs> he just can't believe how great the Internet is. Did you, did you happen to listen to this McCartney tribute album that came out this past yes, year? Yes, I did. What are your views? Are you now? Are you allowed to give views on? Like, I'm. I'm always afraid to ask you a question where, like, some friends might have been on that album. Yeah. So I, you, I will try to be diplomatic. Okay. I, I, I'm. Fa- I was fascinated by it, and I, the band, Paul's current band, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Those guys are my, yes. one of my favorite bands in the world. They're, They're amazing. Like the house band for it. Yeah. But it has this weird effect of a. You realize you want to know how great a singer Paul McCartney is. You listen to that record, yeah. Because very few of them can live up to the standard of Paul McCartney, and because you have the band that plays these songs with Paul, they tend to go towards the classic arrangements yeah. rather than reinventing. Yeah. In most cases, and I guess I'll say it like Billy Joel, who I really like, like right off the I think it's the first track, and it's like you go, "Holy shit, this is just not as good." Yeah, and. It's- and in mo- there's, there's there's a few tracks that are an exception to that. And you read the list of people involved, and Some you, think, it, you think it's going to be a grand slam. Yes. And then I, you know, I think it might. The, the production is a little is generic. I, I just I was very disappointed. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. it and there's things I love. It makes you run tracks. to the originals. It makes you yeah. run right back to the original. No, and I have like uh, friends on it. Uh, yeah, and like, and I I like certain things very mm-hmm. much but yeah no it's it's not and i think part of it is it's like uh it just mccartney sets the standard very very yeah. high because very and, few people sing rock yeah. music as well as he does and it, it did i mean I, I don't think it did very well it kind of came and Do, went some people have like two songs on it that's too, the weird is, thing yeah. Is, yeah there's like two i think there's some people have three and yeah like, and you go like okay like billy joel has two yeah. billy joel has two on it yeah. uh alice cooper Heart might do too. Yeah, it's tricky. Well, well, the funny thing about that is, you know, you mentioned Peter Frampton, who I got to know mm-hmm. when he was the, and I worked with him on a few different things, but I really got to spend some time, quality time with him at this Beatles tribute we did for the Grammys last year. And I like, at the end of it, I said, you were so great. And he goes, I said, you're so great. We forgive you for, Sar- I'm officially pardoning you for mm-hmm. Sergeant Pepper. And you forget singing Beatles songs. Yeah. In fact, I was with Ken Ehrlich working on the Grammys for, uh, Friday, and he said to me, he goes, David, you realize we dodged an amazing bullet, because covering the Beatles is like, it's, 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 it's craziness yeah. to do it. So I think that was a tougher assignment they bit off than they knew. When, when, uh, so you're working on the Grammys right now. Those come on in February? February, yes. And, um, and then we do it, the it, Stevie Wonder tribute. Is ACDC playing the Grammys this year? Uh, I cannot say anything. You can't say a thing? I can't say anything. All right. He's not even winking or anything. He's giving me the, just the deadpan nothing. He's looking away now. <laughs> okay. Um, I would go to wild about, at Wild About Music or Grammy at The Grammys 
are at CBS and will be making when the official names come All out. Right. But I will tell you, I think you, there's at least one or two rehearsals I'll have to have you come down for that you'll want to be at. Oh. Yeah. If you want to come hang out and watch a What if I rehearsal. said I don't? <laughs> no, thank you, David. Are you serious now? I'm going to hold yeah. you. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to give you tickets for right. the show, but I'll let you, invite you and get well, you on the, a list to come we, and watch rehearsal. We just rehearsal. talked that the rehearsal's better anyway. It's yeah, yeah. The re- well, the sound checks for McCartney are better. Right. Rehearsals are cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now I don't know if I can continue with the show <laughs> now that you've just said that. Uh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, throw a song you out here You could maybe right bring me a salad from Lemonade next time. Sure. What kind of okay. salad? What, what do you want? Oh, I like the edinami salad very much. Did you say that correctly? I don't know. Edinami? Edamame? How do you say it? I probably don't. There's I don't say it like he does. I might be saying it wrong, though. Edamum, I can't say it. <laughs> I know what you mean. Soybeans. Okay, you're out of the you're off the rehearsal list. I'm off the list. list. <laughs> it's such um, a short-lived golden this, shining moment for you. I can, I can play a thing that will pronounce it for us. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Let's Edamame. Hear Let's hear this. <laughs> Edamame. Edamame. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's someone on YouTube. See, McCartney could make that a hit. Yes, he could. Edamame. He would do it like Uncle Albert. <laughs> it's Edamame, <laughs> Uncle Albert. <laughs> I sang that pretty well. You did. Did you just play a song or did I? I forget where we're at. It's, it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay, I'm going to play a song that I think, that I love this song, and I think this is a song that really gets a bad rap from Wings, and it's Silly Love Songs. Love this song. I love this song, too. And it's so funny because, you know, the Beatles had, like, All You Need Is Love. And they had, like, some songs, you know, if you want to be a, a pretentious a prick, yeah, you would go, well, that's nuts. So, but I love no, silly no, love songs. No, here's, you're, you're so right, Pat Francis. I'll say it to your face. All right. You're right. And here's where people are so fucking stupid. Yeah. That's why I hate people. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> if there's one group of people I hate, it's, it's people. people. I like people who hate people. They might be the number one group of people in the world. People. No, but here's the worst dumb criticism of this song. Are you because, up with people? No, it sounds I'm like down, you're down, with, down people. with people. All right. it, people go, it's a silly love song. It's a song about it being a silly, silly love, love song. song. It, it is it's meta. meta. It couldn't be more meta. And the, it's extra meta. And it's heavy meta. The, <laughs> the bass is so great. I mean, that bass line in this is so cool. Oh, let him in. So this they're great. Let's great hear it. Song. Let's fuck hear people. It. People. <laughs> you think that people would have had enough a silly love This song. is my jam. Silly love song. I, I love it so much. But I look around me and I see. If April and I have a jam, this would be our jam. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Paul and Linda. Some people wanna fill the world with silly I even love like the song. remake on Give My Regard to Broad Street. I like that version too. Oh. We, we got to do a whole Broad Street episode. I'd like to know, because here I go again. And his voice is so pure on this. So Phenomenal. good. So good. Um, my next track is a closest I'm coming to cheating, because it is a song from before Wings, mm-hmm. but recorded with wings and the reason i chose it not just to cheat is because i like the original mm-hmm. i love the definitive version of this song is on wings over america and i think it 
maybe my favorite vocal he ever did, which is saying something because I, I just love to hear him sing. But this is a beautiful tribute uh, to Linda called Maybe I'm Amazed and the live version from Wings Over America. It doesn't get better than this for me. All right. don't get about McCartney because you know because he was always smiling and grinning and shaking his head and he's a cute one and he was married people forgot what a soulful duty is that like he sings like one of the great soul men like an Otis Redding yeah. these guys where he really digs into a song and he sings the hell out of most of it this song and he's got this guitar solo oh it's great and it's much better than the original on McCartney and this was his first post Beatles single or hit right this is on McCartney this is on his first album yeah. yeah I think this is yeah I don't know that it was was it a real hit though I don't know if it was a it's a good I can, I can find that out for sure yeah my wife loves this song this is a lady's choice <laughs> yes and I'm that lady Eek <laughs> Ben that lady. Love I thought, it. I thought you and Kyle might slow dance. <laughs> for a few steps, I'll do it. This is, uh, I know you put out there on uh, Twitter for people to name some of their favorites, McCartney and Wing songs. Did I put it on Twitter at, at Wild About Music? Wild with a capital about music. W? Yes, you did. And um, this is one that a lot of people wanted, and I wanted it. So this is from Band on the Run. This is uh, 1985. Oh. I will reveal on this show that last year at the Grammys, yes, last year or two years ago, no, I think it was two years ago, he was going to do this song uh, at the Grammys, which I love, and that was, and then at the last minute said, you know what, let's do the end of Abbey Road, and invited Springsteen and Grohl and all everyone, and had that amazing moment, I don't know if you remember it, like, yeah. close the night with that, and I was like, I was the only one who was like... Man, we're going to end the night with 1980. This is going to rock. And then I think the rest of the world was happier that we got basically Abbey Road. Uh, that's but a tough this, call. This is so good. Yeah. Love this. Another reason why Band on the Run is is so so good. Love it. In fact, I'm going to uh, respond to that with another Band on the Run song that no one really ever talks about, and I don't know if other people really like it at all. But I, I think maybe it means a lot to me because I sort of came into McCartney on Band on the Run mm-hmm. and buying singles. I was that was like. You know, I think I could afford singles more. Yeah. And one of the flip sides was a song that's also on the album called Mamunia. 
Uh, and I remember it may have been the flip side of Live and Let Die, or maybe it was a flip side of a, one of the songs from Band on the Run. If you would look that up, Kyle, it would be great. But Mamunia. It's the, it's the flip side of Jet. Of Jet, right. Okay. Yes. So it was the flip side of Jet. And uh, this is a song that kind of reflects the fact that what people don't even think about with Band on the Run anymore is like he was trying to basically do a little Graceland way before Graceland. He mm-hmm. went to Africa to record, which was ambitious. That was such an idea that was seemed so uninviting that two guys from the band dropped out, you know, and so it was basically just Linda and Denny Lane, and and he went to and they replaced those guys with James Coburn and Christopher Lee, <laughs> right, and Freud's Grand, <laughs> yes, that's right, at least for the album cover. So go ahead, I'm sorry, so the greatest rhythm section of all time, and Mamunia is one of the only songs on the that really reflects a little mm-hmm. bit of the sort of African thing, and like, you know, I thought I would play it for you because you were the guy who picked. I am the uh, lion or whatever from Neil Diamond. Yes. So in terms of white guys going to Africa and trying to reflect a little bit of what they're soaking up, uh, this song, I literally, the I don't know if it's whatever, the 11-year-old me, 12-year-old me, I remember playing this on a big, big piece of furniture that my parents had that so was crazy. like, you know, you put stuff on and yep. you lift it and you put a record on. I would put those 45 yellow things Disc in, the, in middle, the center and I would flip over the single and play Mamunia a million times because it had a kind of like a childlike song quality and it's beautiful and I, it, it, it still moves me. All right. It's just Mamunia. Let's hear Mamunia. that no one ever talks about but I think I remember when I was on the road with McCartney going like and I was trying to explain to him how much I would like to hear mm-hmm. more band on the run more wings yeah. and I was like I, go, I would so much rather hear Mamunia than like something one of the hits <laughs> he was like you're the only one <laughs> the, uh, that's how good band on the run, run is I forgot about that song oh it's, and it's cool it's a little yeah. little low key gem I wonder if Paul will ever embrace uh, doing an album show you know how bands do that now, like right in the middle of the set, oh. they do like a, a whole album. Yeah, he hasn't done that. Has no, he, he hasn't done that. Yeah, well, Band on the Run would be the one. Band on the Run would be the run one, and then you get to hear Mamunia. Oh no, and he's taken a lot of like. It seems like from the shows I remember. Oh, oh here they come to get, get Siegel. They're coming to get Siegel. <laughs> Bust, busted, busted, <laughs> looking for Siegel's supply. <laughs> uh, uh, but. Uh, yeah, no, I think that he does like let me roll it. To, uh, no, I'm sorry, he does not let me. He does. Uh, no, he does let me roll it a lot. No, but he also does. Uh, I mean, he does do a lot of band on the run stuff. He'd probably only have to throw in like three more songs and he'd have it covered. Yeah, uh, but no, I love that song. All right, my next uh, my next pick was a, a late in Wings' career. It's from London Town. It's number one single. It's uh, might be in the same type of uh, musical vein as Silly Love Songs. But I love it, Uh, and this is a little pop song called With a Little Luck. 
Yeah, no, it's funny. I actually really like that song, but I will say London Town is one of the ones I listen to the least. Yeah. And weirdly, I think I like, I think it is the production, and you know, I think it was produced on a boat, so maybe it was slick because of the wetness. Maybe. Uh, but you know, I think Girl School, which I played earlier, I think that was an outtake from London Town. Uh, and then I love Daytime, Nighttime, Suffering, which is also from around that era, because I think that was... The flip side of Good Night Tonight. Uh-huh. I like the, a lot of the flip sides of that time more because there's just a little too much sheen. And when yeah. you're, it sort of played too much to that idea of him as a slick character, which yeah. I don't like the perception that that's true. But no, that's a great song. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if when these albums were coming out, if, if John Lennon ever picked up a Wings album and put it on and listened to it. I'm pretty sure they did. I think they kept tabs on each other. And I, it's so funny because like, uh, I was not privy to any of those discussions, but I have had discussions with Elvis Costello. I'll tell you, this is, I shouldn't probably say this. I might be breaking our confidence, but fuck it. Rock solid exclusive. Uh, Exactly. Uh, I was really had this weird moment around the time um, when McCartney was writing with Elvis Costello Mm -hmm. of, at one point, I think there was not a split, but there was a little awkwardness between them because I think, Elvis almost might have been involved a little more in the production of the album. Uh, and so he hadn't heard the final result of the record. I actually got a copy of the album. Uh, so McCartney hadn't heard the final. Product. No, Flowers in the, this is Flowers in the Dirt album. Oh, okay. M- no, McCartney had, had finished the record. Okay. I didn't know if you were talking about Spike. No, I'm, or, t- yeah, I'm talking about Flowers, flowers in, the in the Dirt, which okay. I love. I love it love. too. No, no. And so I had the weird thing of Elvis having a few songs on the record but he didn't have a copy until after I had one, or I had an advance before he had one. Kind of like so that Joe Amsterdam it. thing that we're going yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. So I played exactly. No, but this, is, this was less upsetting. Uh, and I actually ended up playing it for Elvis. Okay. And there was a song on that album called Butterflies. That would be the kind of song that people go, oh, John Lennon would have hated this, or Elvis Costello would hate it because it was so pretty and just... Yeah. And I just watched Elvis like, he goes... He's the best. He goes, he goes, who else could write this song? It's the most beautiful thing on earth. And, and Elvis, like such a music fan, like it was, this, there was no negativity. He was like, mm. oh my God, he's so great. Like he was thrilled with the, yeah. this is not one of the songs he wrote with him. He just was like sitting there going crazy about how much he loved what he was hearing. And, <laughs> and I go like, no one could write butterflies. No one else could do it. And Paul sometimes got shit for writing mm-hmm. this pretty stuff. But no one else could do it the way he does it. It's so funny. All the stories I hear about Elvis Costello, he doesn't seem like the guy on Saturday Night Live that stopped the song and restarted the song. Like that guy seems like a like a a punk, a badass punk, and he seems like a very thoughtful gentleman. Oh, a total gentleman. So what was that? So was that an act when he was like that? Oh no, I think it was a little bit playing to the persona. I mean, here's the other thing: he wasn't a punk. No, (laughs) no, not at all. But. He was sort of no. I think he was a bastard 
if you were like married to him at that point. Like one of the most interesting discussions. It's a little off topic, but I had him on my show that I hosted called Musicians, mm-hmm. and I once went through all these songs that I loved, where he was so angry and about all these people who were like these cheating women and all that. Yeah. He goes, he goes, David, I was the one fucking. Her. I was the bastard. I just couldn't. I had to write him so that I wasn't the bad. He made guy. himself the good guy. I made myself the good guy. So I was the victim because I was the one out there. Victimized. Wow, that's interesting. It was so interesting to hear him say that because pretty cool. He was angry, and he was, he, you know, he was outraged by his own behavior. Yeah, that really—that's the way it was. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Elvis Costello. That guy's good. That guy's good. Yeah. Um, who just played one? I think you did with a little luck. Is that yeah, right? So it's your turn. So it's my turn. I, how many songs do I have left? Because you stole at least one or two of mine. Yeah, I have uh, I, three that have not been played. You have three of mine. Okay, I, yeah. I'm saying I do. I, can I? We're going to get to all three, or do I have to pick? Um, how long have we been recording? Fourteen uh, years. An hour and a half. Almost. We're good. We can okay. keep going. We'll we got. We got about another ten minutes before my before Pilar shows up. Okay, I'm going to pick one that is again me trying to come to terms with an album that I never really listened to much mm-hmm. ahead of my time, but I went back to it to pick one just because it's a song that it's not one of my. Truthfully, it's not in my top twelve. But it is one that I have rediscovered recently, and it shows a side of him that sort of just sort of troubadour mm-hmm. who can write these amazing melodies. Uh, this is a song from Wildlife, uh, probably one of the least acclaimed records of his career, the Wings, yeah. but Wings' first record, mm-hmm. and really, you know, uh, the beginning of something. A song called Tomorrow. I think of McCartney and having studied him a little bit more and been around him a bit, like he has a quality of like, that's gotten him in trouble in certain instances where he doesn't like to act like things have impact him. He's, you know, I think he tries to be like happy go lucky. Yeah. is how people view him. You know, thumbs up. People were annoyed by that. And when John Lennon died, his quote about like, it's a drag man or whatever it is that he said, he got in trouble. You know, people would criticize him. I think it's sort of like, I mean, other other than Yoko, who would have been more in shock about that than Paul McCartney? So forgive his in in the in the moment not saying as eloquently as you might have liked him to speak. Well, I think part you know? of it is just this is a guy, and this is a thing that really hit me working on the Beatles show. And I put it in the show, mm-hmm. and I saw him nod when I had someone like John Legend and Alicia say something about this. This is a group where two guys lost their mom at the basically the same time growing up. Yeah. And I think this is a guy who had an early... That's a big trauma. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful the way he sort of found music and has been such a positive force in the world. Like I, People always say, are you a Lennon or a McCartney guy? And I'm like, fuck that, having to make a choice. But like, as someone who now has two kids and has for years, 
my love of McCartney went way up, and I realized he was one of the only greatest artists of all time who was a good dad. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. Like, yeah. and God bless John Lennon, but and he, he took him the second time around. Yeah, Paul never fucked that up. No, and he deserves. And again, maybe this is an old man's perspective mm-hmm. on it, but I fucking love him for it. Yeah. I love the fact that he kept it together and wasn't an irresponsible piece of shit like so many great artists are. Yeah, I mean, because uh, fame and fortune also affords you the time to to be a good parent. You can be there a lot. And yet a lot aren't. Yes. You find, amazingly, a lot aren't. Yep. That stinks. Yeah, Wildlife's the one that I'm not familiar with. So I was hoping you would bring something from it because I'm not familiar with that album. That's why I did. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to bump one of mine up because uh, I want to get to... Uh, That's why I'm here to quote former Apple recording artist James <laughs> Taylor. Uh I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, I want to play something, the one from Venus and Mars. This is called Magneto and Titanium Man. Well, I was talking last night. This would be in my bottom ten, but I like it musically. I just think lyrically, it gets a little too close to that um, Maxwell Silver Hammer. Yes, it does. Isms where I get a little queased yeah. out. But I, I played it because it's so weird to me that he includes these Marvel Comics characters. Like, was he a more like? It makes me think. Did he read comic books? Did Post Paul into Marvel Comics? Well, he ended up doing animation. You know, with uh, the. We all sing together, whatever that Rupert the he, there's some bear or whatever he, he I don't know that he's a I know yeah. that I know that that's where he got the names from yeah. but I don't it could have been just like a kid with around him mm-hmm. looking at something and I I don't know the story but well, no not one of my favorites but still great yeah and when and when asked about the song Stan Lee said uh, that he thought it was terrific <laughs> like, I uh, I got to interview right around here uh uh. uh Stanley with Kevin Smith, like to I got to oversee the two of them talking to each other. Oh, nice! He was great, Stanley. Yeah, he's and he was like working with Ringo. Years old. He was working with Ringo on an animated show. This is like five <laughs> years ago. I never happened. I don't think that guy. How he is? He looks amazing. He's full of life. Well, I think it's kind of like the McCartney thing. Like I think if you actually keep your passion, like McCartney has his passion for music, and it's kept him young. He seems yeah. younger than he did years ago, and it's not. I'm not, it's not surgery. It's not that. It's not no, that no, stuff. He, no. It's not the hair coloring. I don't know. But he just looks, you know, thoroughly engaged yeah. in life. And I love him. For, I heard him on the Nerdist podcast mm. recently. And it was crazy. He just sort of drove the interview. And I've interviewed him. And I was sitting yeah. there going, he's so fucking on top of everything. Wow. He's so engaged in the world. And I think it's like... I can't stand people who think you have to like piss on him to like John Lennon. Or, yeah, you don't have like, to not like one love, to like the other. No, love these guys. No. Never say a bad word about a Beatle. What do you, you have some, because uh, uh, you're a comic book guy. Yeah, this says uh, McCartney had hired Jack Kirby, who was a Marvel Comics artist, artist writer, to do uh, 
to do artwork for Backdrop on his 75 and 76 world tours. Oh, cool. And uh, that McCartney is a Marvel Comics fan and, and comic book fan in general. Oh, cool. There you go. Um, I did not know that. Uh, I wanted to add something to what David had just said. And now I forget what it was. Probably It was probably a stupid joke. Uh, probably something about my penis. Um, I was going to wedge a dick joke. Stan Lee joke? Uh, Excelsior. Um, my dad was named Stan Lee. Stan Lee, just the name. Stanley. And he was Or Stan Lee. Yes. No, just Stanley Wilde. Okay. But he was a, he was he got me my first Beatles record, so I just wanted to say thank you, Dad. What was the first one he bought you? Uh he had one of those American things called Something New. He had the vinyl of Beatles Something New. Okay. Uh I think he had one of the VJ records and he had Sgt. Pepper. Oh yeah. So and I on that same thing where I listened to Mamunia, I played his old Beatles records. It's so funny how we would just the, the vinyl would just like flop down on oh, top dropped, of another yeah. one, and, and when you would stack them, yeah. Oh no, all those things were great. Uh-huh. My my son, I have a, a two boys, but my younger son is now way into vinyl. So like, we actually ordered on Amazon and had it delivered Prime, yeah, uh, a vinyl cleaner, our first vinyl cleaner, because we're both just sitting listening to like his sort of hip hop, uh, jazzy. Mm-hmm. Vinyl, and then I'm, I got him some old Blue Note, and then some rock stuff, and we're just listening to vinyl together. Can you clean it with anything, though? I mean, can you? What, what's they send the, the fluid? They have the fluid. It's a spe- but what? That could just be Windex in there. It sure it is. And you're paying thirty dollars for it. I don't know if I, he's been doing the cleaning. I've been a few feet away, so I, I'm going to look into that for you. Yeah, I used to have this little thing that you would, as the album would go around, you'd, you'd put it on, and it's some chemical that Mike Siegel likes to <laughs> snort. I think I don't know. It's some. It's something illegal. Kids used to sniff glue, but now yeah. this Mike Siegel is sniffing vinyl <laughs> cleaning solution. Uh, okay, let's just play it. Let's just play the title track from Band on the Run. Let's just get it out of here. You just played one. This is your. That was yeah. You you you, you just, just picked. This is David. It's my turn. Let's right? just let David play the the song, the title track from Band on the Run. No, I'm sorry, I, I get confused with the talking. I'm gonna play another one that I think you the might not know. Talking confuses me. I'm sorry. <laughs> We can play Band on the Run. No, no, I we can skip mine. I no, no, you play yours and then I'll play one. mine and I'm going to let you play yours and you're okay. going to you can play us out with your last one. Okay. Uh this is one uh, you might not know, another B-side. I think it was only on the reissue or something of Red Rose Speedway mm-hmm. and it's again an example of just like Paul loving to get up there and jam. This is recorded at the in the Hague. It's one of the only live recordings I know from The Hague. Okay. This is a song called, and it always to me sounds like he's doing the band. He's doing like, he'd heard like uh, The Shape I'm In, and he did The Mess I'm In, a song called The Mess. Oh, I'm interested. I can't wait to hear this. That's a great tune. Yeah, The Mess. I don't Not, know The Mess. You don't hear that much. No. But great. Red Rose Speedway, I don't know. I don't know many of the deep album cuts on that either. No. N- n- not Again, it's a little before our time. Yeah. So I, I, I've only sort of fallen in love with it by going back to it a little bit. And then I love that song. It's not on the album. Well, my next song is a song that David has been trying to stop me from playing. 
It's the title track from Band on the Run. I don't know this one. <laughs> it's pretty good. This is, obviously anyone who knows Abbey Road knows it's not the first time, but I'm talking over this because everyone does. That's okay, yeah. It's not just one great song. It's probably four great songs. I mean, every part of this Mm -hmm. is great. Every one of them could be a hit song. Yeah. And yet, he somehow finds a way to know it. I mean... The mashup idea, which would come years later, yeah. he found. I think he's like the inventor. He of the figured mashup, it out. But it was mashing up all original little minute and a half things he had that he's been doing ever since the the back half of uh, Abbey Road. This is uh, this is forty years old. This song, seventy four. It's perfect. It is so perfect. I didn't choose it. Yeah, every single thing about it is is perfect. Kyle, no one told you to fade that down. What are you doing? Yeah, we need another nine minutes. Kyle, please fade it down. <laughs> um, how dare you bring that back up? Kyle, as a young man, uh, how many of these songs are you familiar with? Are these in your consciousness? Have you heard these before? I've only heard like the, the hits, like Band on the Run, Jet, um, Live and Let Die. I have heard are you High, enjoying High, High it, before. Yeah. I, I mean, more than other things. That, yeah. You know, this, musically, it still can yeah. connect with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think my kids... Are you lying right now to David Wilde? No, I'm not. Okay. No, it's like, I think we're in the bracket where there's yeah. still some agenda where it's like, it's like Lenin was more, what, more anti-war or yeah. more, or perceived, even though Paul sort of has deep roots in the sort of avant-garde and yeah. connections, somehow it became like, you know, the the good guy, bad guy, the rebel, the sweet guy or yeah. whatever black you know. hat white hat yeah whatever and all that stuff doesn't mean anything to like my kids no. and what they hear is musicality yeah and on a musical level mccartney is friggin' undeniable yeah just undeniably great um so i guess i'm picking the last song right uh yeah you so, can you, you want to play us out with this yeah well this is the last song and it's not one that anyone ever brings up particularly it's i'm choosing it for emotional reasons because it it's one of the uh many love songs to Linda that Paul wrote. And I believe this was played. He might've even had this done an arrangement of this at her funeral. Mm -hmm. And I do it in thanks uh, for her. And because the title makes me think of her always because it's a song called warm and beautiful. And that's what she was a warm and beautiful person. She changed my life in a, I only knew her for, you know, a few weeks of my life Mm -hmm. and then met her another couple of times. But she changed my life, and that's what the Beatles could do. They could change your life. Uh, so this is, for Linda, this is warm and beautiful, from, uh, also from Wings at the Speed of Sound. touched 
anyone else wrote that song it would be their big great ballad yeah the funny thing is when you're paul mccartney it's like well where do you start is it like you know does it, people don't even know that song and it's yeah. it's because because oh well his big ballad's my love or his big lo- ballad is maybe, yesterday maybe i'm amazed <laughs> or maybe i'm amazed. amazed but that's a gem and i think elvis of all i think it was elvis costello who talked about how it's a masterpiece uh and uh yeah and so i i i I don't know if it's his best song, it's, but it's very meaningful to me. Now, did you play every song in your list? Yes, except for the one you stole. Yes. We need a play-out song after we promote. What, what, should, we, what should we play out with? Uh, well, let's go. I think we should go to... Uh, did you do Mrs. Vanderbilt? I didn't do Mrs. Vanderbilt. I love Mrs. Vanderbilt, if you, wanna, if you don't mind playing that yeah, one. Yeah, we can that play it. Let me, let me make sure that we have access to it. I know I have it in my... Yeah, we can, we'll play Mrs. Vanderbilt. We'll just swap the thing over here. Well, further but, proof that everyone needs to have Band on the Run. Yes. One more, t- one more song from Band on the Run. But before we go, uh, David, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, Wild, at capital W, Wild About Music. Um, I, because of the 60s and now coming up soon, the 70s show, I'm, I had to go on Facebook because they wanted me to do that to be to – pr- Going like uh, there's some reason they needed me on Facebook right. for CNN.com. Okay, so you're so on Facebook. I'm on now? Facebook, but I don't really know. I don't understand Facebook, and I know I am on there. I don't even know how to tell people how to find me on there. Do you have to? <laughs> I think they just type your name in. Is it just at? Is it you, are you just David Wild on Facebook? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Well, I gotta find this out now. I gotta go to. I gotta go to Facebook. Is it gonna... David Peter Wild or David Wild? I have a fan. Okay, page. David Wild here, and then it says, and you're verified. You have a blue check. Oh, that's me then. And you've got uh, you've got you've got a, a, a selfie of you and LL Cool J. Exactly. And um, yeah, you're just you're just at David David Wild, and underneath it says writer. Okay, cool. And well, yeah, uh, that too. I don't know how to really use on Twitter. And I, got, I just unliked you. No, I like. I, yeah, I liked you a couple. Uh, I don't know when, but I, I yeah, I'm I'm liking you. Yeah, okay, thank you. So uh, Mike Se- Mike Siegel also liked you. Might want to unfriend. Him. Well, I, he's my sort of druggy friend. Okay, yeah, you my can say my drug buddy. Yeah, just to quote uh, Lem, the Lemonhead. Who are your drug buddies? It's Mike Siegel, and then it would just be him. just him. He's Keith Richards one. and Mike Siegel. And Mike Siegel. Uh, so okay, so uh, Facebook, like uh, David on Facebook, and you can also follow him on on Twitter. He's always you're a tweet monster. Uh, last night I was tweeting up a a, a presidential storm. <laughs> I I took eight. I, there's eight shots of the Chili Peppers. Uh, bumping into me that I did not share. That maybe I'll put a few of those on. <laughs> Thank you for always uh, tweeting about the show. Oh, I, I, I really show. appreciate that. Except when I'm on it, I love this show. <laughs> you can f- now, will you listen to this episode when you're getting your steps? I would like to say no, but absolutely. If, it wasn't, if it's not raining, I might on the way back go to Fryman and listen to this, even though it's not out yet. <laughs> I'll just replay it in my mind. Uh, you and can think, Mike Siegel doesn't deserve this shit. <laughs> no he doesn't he he's likes like it. he's only he's only a rebel compared to wimps like you and me that's right you're you're exactly right uh no he'll love that you're he's a man he'll hate that i'm saying stuff he'll love that you are uh follow kyle at kyle dotson funny follow me at pat underscore francis and follow us at rock oh, solid but show kyle, but before i go i need to get some questions sure. resolved from kyle now was there over the holidays were you with a girl who's a different girl than the girl 
who you were going to be engaged to but are not? What? Uh, no, I have a new girlfriend. New girlfriend. That's okay. That, that, yeah. that was the worst way. I asked that in the most possible words. <laughs> new that's girlfriend. like Steven Tyler once said to me, did you do the thing where you go to the store and you point your finger and you go, I want that shit, I want that shit, I want that shit, I want that shit, and your wife, and, you, and, you, and I'm going, you mean register? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think you're better off. I want to say, I think you've oh, got, thank you. I'm glad I want happiness for you. I, it, it's too late for Pat and I to be yeah. happy, but I think I want happiness for you. Wait, I'm happy. I'm a, I think we're happy because we married up. Oh, yes, we did. Okay. Uh, we are at Rock Solid Show. Also, the new email address is rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got a topic, if you've got a suggestion, if, if you've got a kind word. If you want to try and win that digital download you, yeah, for Bruce tra- yep, Answer the question that I t- said earlier. I'm not saying it again. And um, you can also go to uh, rocksolidpodcast.com and read all the show notes uh, done by Andrew Rich. And there's also a donation button there if you want to if you want to uh, support the show in any way. So thank you, David, for being here for the second time. Rock Solid Podcast is my jam. <laughs> Let's April and I. It's our jam. But right now we are going to jam out with something called Mrs. Vanderbilt. So here we go. Let me play it on Rock Solid. <laughs> 